Welcome to the Bloomberg Surveillance Podcast. I'm Tom Keen with David Gura. Daily, we bring you insight from the best of economics, finance, investment, and international relations. Find Bloomberg Surveillance on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Bloomberg.com, and of course, on the Bloomberg. Where were you to a younger generation this September 11th? Of 2001 to our parents, without question, it was December 7th of 1941. There are other dates, and one of them is in November 1963. He's given us great perspective on our 25th anniversary of Bloomberg Radio on JFK. Here's Bob Moon. Bob, what do you have? Tom, this is it. This is the last batch, and for many of us old enough to remember, this was supposed to be momentous. Historians, journalists, and conspiracy buffs have waited more than half a century for what's finally set to happen tomorrow. Barring any last-minute national security concerns from President Trump, thousands of documents relating to the 1963 assassination of John F. Kennedy will be made public. But here's the thing. It seems most experts don't expect any bombshell revelations. But we will look for new light to be shed on this event that changed the very course of history, that would sear itself into the consciousness of every American old enough to understand the stunning news that day. Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. I didn't hear Walter Cronkite's flash that day, but the news still registered with a permanent wallop that stung as much as the dodgeball that had hit me in the face at recess just a few minutes before. It was Mrs. Mann who delivered the bulletin to my fifth grade class at that freeze-frame moment that I was bending over to take my turn at the drinking fountain on the way back to class. A terrible thing had happened. Our president had been assassinated. I remember thinking that that big word I had never heard before was almost as odd as the confused feeling I was overcome with, trying to understand why anyone would want to kill our president. A lifetime later, the confusion lingers. Why would Lee Harvey Oswald, or the CIA, or the mob, or Cuba, or a power-hungry successor, or the military-industrial complex, or any of the countless others who've taken their place on the list of possible conspiracists kill the president? Events conspired to deprive Americans of the answers so many still yearn for. The few initial words we heard from his suspected killer answered nothing at all. I'd like some legal representation. These police officers have not allowed me to, to have any. I, uh, I don't know what this is all about. Kill the I'm just a patsy. I'm just a patsy. Four words that would launch, seemingly, a thousand conspiracy theories. Americans would be left with that one-dimensional view of a skittish 24-year-old murder suspect captured in the killing of a Dallas cop, claiming to know nothing. Did you kill the president? No, I've not been charged with that. In fact, nobody has said that to me yet. Uh, The first thing I heard about it was when the newspaper reporters in the hall... asked me that question. There would be no further questions, no trial to ferret out the truth. He would never say why two months before that day in Dallas, he traveled to Mexico City courting Cuban and Soviet spies. Lee Harvey Oswald would be mortally wounded before live TV cameras just two days after his capture, as NBC's Tom Pettit described the scene in the basement of Dallas police headquarters. There is Lee Oswald. He's been shot. He's been shot. Lee Oswald has been shot. There's a man with a gun. It's absolute panic. 
absolute panic here in the basement of Dallas Police Headquarters. And for those of us who watched in utter disbelief, especially this impressionable fifth grader, the only words that reporter on the scene could find served for all of us. It is almost unbelievable. It's almost unbelievable. What could we believe? Even what the camera and police told us about that man who shot the man? We later learned might not be what it seemed if bar owner Jack Ruby, with known mob connections, shot Oswald was organized crime trying to shut him up. Now we would debate conspiracies on top of conspiracies, and the questions would fester for decades. Until in 1991, Oliver Stone's movie JFK put a wide range of questions on the big screen. There are hundreds of documents that could help prove this conspiracy. Why are they being withheld or burned by the government? And press the government to end its secrecy. Because the government considers you children who might be too disturbed or distressed to face this reality, or because you might possibly lynch those involved, you cannot see these documents for another 75 years. It helped prod Congress to pass the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act of 1992, mandating their release 25 years later with the President's OK. So the decision falls to President Trump, who as recently as last year's campaign was pushing widely ridiculed claims about the father of his Republican rival Ted Cruz in a Fox News interview. His father was with Lee Harvey Oswald prior to Oswald's being, uh, you know, shot. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. Experts speculate dusting off these documents may expose whether the CIA bungled any cues on Oswald's plans when it tracked him in Mexico. There could be revelations about Soviet defectors and even personal notes from First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy. Some information could stay obscured, especially involving anyone still alive. And there's already an online debate over whether this is itself a government conspiracy. Perhaps the only thing Americans might ever agree on is what I learned that day in Mrs. Mann's fifth grade class. A terrible thing happened. Tom? A lot of different memories there. That was extraordinary. Bob, you and I look back. I was in sixth grade, Dick Schleyer's class in Brighton, New York. And what are we going to see out of this? What you and I remember is Haile Selassie and Charles de Gaulle in two or three days, what are we going to see? Well, that is the question. And you have to remember that uh, that these documents were sort of put away yeah. with the label that they were they were inconsequential, that they that they weren't, you know, anything that, uh, that right. meant anything to the investigation. <clears throat> and yet maybe in the light of these times, maybe there could be some sort of tidbit in there that yeah. will mean something now. We just don't know. We just don't know. And, of course, we remember, I, I, I remember as a kid, the Warren Commission, which went on. And um, I, I've actually, years ago, was forced to attend one or two of these conspiracy meetings where, you know, people make a cottage industry out of this. But to your report, the cottage industry is still huge, significant. And could, am I right, could be recharged by what we see in a few days? It could be. You have to remember that most Americans, according to public opinion polls, do not believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Most Americans, a sizable majority. And so that is what people have concluded after all this time of, Basically, mm. questioning authority. It was a, it was a time that uh, yeah. you know it's it's a trite phrase, but a time that America lost its innocence. 
I go back to, uh, yeah, I've talked to David Rubenstein about it and uh, uh, others of the Ford Theater Museum across the street from where Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. And they had their own conspiracy theories. I think every every assassination has that. Yeah. (laughs) You can have a conspiracy theory about just about anything. Yeah. Well, Bob Boone, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate that. John Tucker, you were uh, too young in your youth to remember this, but it really just carries forward and has never gone away. It says so much about the American psychology when something really bad, almost incomprehensible happens that you have to come up with some sort of theory that it just just couldn't be. Well, I think it's almost a human condition. Yeah. Yeah. It is the human. Bob Boone, I would suggest it is the human condition. To come up with theories of the unimaginable, which you you beautifully it is also worth the trip to the National Archives to see the exhibits there, which are absolutely remarkable and sobering, and it may actually change your view if you are one of those people who ascribes to the conspiracy theory. Yeah, uh, John, you you really hit on something important. I I saw it speculated uh, by one psychologist that what this is is America just doesn't want to accept that it lost John F. Kennedy. And if you don't believe it, you don't believe it. There it is, Bob Moon. Thank you so much. And congratulations on your uh, uh, work celebrating the 25 years of Bloomberg Radio. Those pieces have been just hugely received by the Bloomberg surveillance uh, audience. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Surveillance Podcast. Subscribe and listen to interviews on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. I'm on Twitter at Tom Keen. David Gura is at David Gura. Before the podcast, you can always catch us worldwide on Bloomberg Radio.